Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Father, I I do ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation for your people uh, to know you more, to know who we are more, and to rest in, in your work more. Father, bless us today as we gather as your people in your name. And Lord, we pray for the harvest out there in Cheyenne. We thank you for the work that you're doing, and we ask for a great harvest, even in 2016. We say yes, transform this city with your power, with your love, with your work for the glory of your Son. Amen. So, uh, most of us understand that God's kingdom works through the seed principle that where God is taking us individually and and corporately is through seeds that he has planted in us along the way. And that in in God's kingdom, we, we don't just, at least, there, there are exceptions to this, but not, not very many. We, we rarely just receive something in God's kingdom in, in its fullness, in, in its full expression. Usually, <clears throat> God is planting seeds in us. We, through our own living and our choices and sowing to the Spirit, are sowing seeds in, into our own lives, and those seeds don't bear fruit immediately. And even though sometimes that surprises us <laughs> or discourages us or frustrates us, it, it shouldn't. And, and so it, it feels like I'm, I'm beginning to enter into this spiritual reality that that I think many avoid because on on one end of the spectrum uh, we we know we're not where we need to be we know we're not where God is taking us individually we know we're not in in fullness yet uh, and and many times that that keeps us from a reality of of resting in God and and that this is his work and that he is doing this work because that is the reality it it is his work in us 
He is doing the work, and the one who started the work will be faithful to complete the work. Right? I mean, this, this is Scripture. <clears throat> but I, I think many of us, maybe most of us, possibly all of us, we, we don't feel like we can go to that place of rest. Resting in God doing the work and that this is God's work and that he will complete it. Because of what we see over on this hand, that, that we still are weak and we still fail and we still are not even where we want to be, let, let alone where, where God wants us to be. And, and we, I think, at least for me, uh, avoiding the place of rest uh, has been for fear of presumption. That if, if I enter into that rest, that this is God's work and he's doing the work and, and he's going to complete it, then I'm, it, it's like I'm ignoring the reality of, of where I am. But there's, there's, there's a place of accepting both without being presumptuous. Does that make sense? I'm not getting a lot of yes nods, okay. <laughs> so I think I need to go a little further with this. At, at least for me, I think. <clears throat> you know, I, I haven't felt like I could really rest in the fact that it's God's work in my life and he is taking me somewhere. He's bringing me to fullness because of the reality of the, the weakness and, and the failures in, in my life, I, I feel like I've got to do something. Okay? <laughs> but what, what is it that you and I have to do? If it is indeed his work and he's going to take us to fullness... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Joy says, cease from our work. And and that really is is the reality, and and that, and and what I want to tell you today is that that isn't presumption. Yeah, that's that's humility. Maybe you, you know, I should team teach. <laughs> that that would be fine. So. You know, I, I've been speaking individually, but now, now I want to take us to a, a corporate reality of the body of Christ, not, not just our fellowship, but the body of Christ. And, you know, most of us have an idea of what the body of Christ is supposed to look like, uh, at least when Jesus comes back. Uh, there will be a bride who's made herself ready. And according to Jesus' prayer in John 17, we're, we're going to be one. And, and we're going to love one another with, with a 
self-sacrificing love. And the reality is that, that the body of Christ is not there. Okay, that, that's not a shocking revelation to anyone who's been part of the body of Christ for any length of time. Uh, you know, we, we don't love each other very deeply, very self-sacrificially. Uh, we, we are not one. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of our <laughs> reality over here. But the same God that is doing a work in us individually and, and will complete that work, will bring it to completion, is the one who is taking the whole body of Christ to that place. And, and so there, there's a rest for us in, in that as well. That before Jesus returns, uh, the body of Christ is, is going to be beautiful. Because we, we are going to love one another. And, and, and we are going to be the expression of Christ. Christ's body on the earth. This, this is going to happen. You know, I, some of you are looking at me like, are you crazy? Uh, <laughs> well, if it was up to me, I, I, yes, I, I would be crazy. But it's not up to me, it's up to God. Because this is his plan from the beginning of creation. And he has seen the end from the beginning. And, and he's shown us pictures of the end. And he's shown us what things look like at many places in, in the process. So, <clears throat> um, I, I don't really know what to... Um, call this message uh, it was it's kind of started out as living out of our true identity but i i don't know if that's very accurate it's it's more a message about living by faith uh and if if we are to live by faith individually and and corporately then we we have to have an idea of where this is going or or we will just get stuck and and stop going there and and this is in proverbs 29:18 and i i love how the esv translates it where there is no prophetic vision the people cast off restraint but blessed is he who keeps the law. And there will be no prophetic vision without prophetic revelation. And there's, there's much prophetic revelation right here. And, and this is the standard by which all current prophetic revelation has to be judged. We, we understand that. So, you know, I, I talked a little bit about 
prophetic vision for Cheyenne last week and challenged all of us to be praying for the kingdom to come in Cheyenne this year more than we ever have and challenged us to be seeking the kingdom individually in 2016 like we never have before. Because there, there is something that God wants to do in Cheyenne and, and his plan is, is to bring a transformation of our culture through revival and spiritual awakening right here in Cheyenne on, on a scale that none of us have, have seen personally. There, it's been done by God in the past, and I gave you some examples last week. But that, that has to be part of our prophetic vision for, for this city, and it has to be part of our prophetic vision individually. And it has to be part of our prophetic vision as a fellowship. Because that, that is where God is taking the church in Cheyenne. It's, it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to take for that to happen. God knows. He, he is wise enough, smart enough. He, he has it figured out and he has a plan. And it's, as I said last week, it's not like we're about to enter that plan. Because that, that's just not how God works. If, if, if this vision is something that God is actually going to do, then he's in the process of doing it right now. And that's what we have to understand. And, and this, what I'm talking about, it, this having prophetic vision so that we don't cast off restraint, uh, we don't wander aimlessly, that's another translation of Proverbs uh, 29.18. People are discouraged is another, and that's probably NIV. Well, that's... Hmm? Oh, oh, in the footnote. Okay. <laughs> so, <clears throat> we, we need that. Because that, that's... That's the long view <laughs> of, of where God is taking us. Now, it's, it's possible that this may not even happen in some of our lifetimes. Because we, we think about some of the prophets in the Old Testament who prophesied about Babylonian captivity 70 years before it ever took place. And, you know, some of those prophets died before it was experienced. And so what did people think of those prophets? Some probably thought they were false prophets because it didn't happen right away. Well, <clears throat> I personally think it's going to happen 
in most of our lifetimes. I, I don't think we have all that much time left before Jesus returns. Uh, I mean, it, it could still be 20 years out, but I kind of doubt it. Uh, I really think we're more like 10 years or less myself. And if that's the case, then we've got a lot to experience <laughs> before Jesus comes back. And regardless, we, we have a lot to experience. But what, what is our long-term vision of what God is up to in our generation? And uh, where, where is he taking us individually and, and corporately? See, if, if we live by faith, we, we've got to see those things that are not as though they are. And, and that is what this verse in, in Proverbs 29 is getting at. Prophetic revelation gives us prophetic vision that allows us to, to see and even pray forth that which is not into being. And uh, there's, there's another verse here that, uh, <clears throat> that I, I want to get to right now. Um, it's Romans 4, 17. And Paul is writing about Abraham. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. And in the Amplified, the end of that verse is translated and speaks of non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. You need that one again because... <clears throat> That, that is a, a great translation. And speaks of non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. And that's exactly what God did with Abraham. God spoke to Abraham as, as though he already was the father of many nations. Because once, once God spoke it, there wasn't any doubt that it was going to happen, right? <laughs> once God had spoken it to Abraham, it was, it was done. And I, I feel a little bit for Abraham, being as old as he was and, and having a wife as old as she was, and going on for years after God said this, and, 
and still apparently no children, no son. Uh, but, but Abraham held on to that. Uh, he, he was a man. I'm, I'm sure he wavered. But we know he was, he was justified by his faith. He didn't waver. Okay. <laughs> Verse 20. Go ahead. Why don't you just stand up here with me? No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Okay, so I'm, I'm not willing to admit that I'm wrong just yet, okay? <laughs> because there's, there's another passage, and, and it's in Hebrews 11, uh, that says and something about David, that, that he fulfilled all the will of, of God. Well... What, what that shows us and what the passage Joy just read about Abraham and, and what the passage I'm referring to that talks about David show us is God's perspective can be different from our perspective. <laughs> Even though, I, I mean, we know about Ishmael, right? I don't know about you, but that looks like wavering to me. <laughs> but what did God say? He didn't waver. There, there was no distrust. He, he believed God. And, and so, you know, that, that should give us some grace for ourselves in the process. And, and for others, yes. Yeah, there's... <clears throat> uh, that, that's important. Because as, as we try to hold on to... Uh, a prophetic vision that that is is big that that's way beyond anything that that we could accomplish with with our own talents our own strengths our own abilities uh, it's it's got to be god and and so i i guess i, I want to challenge us to to try the place of rest. And, and I, I think um, <clears throat> until very recently, I, I don't know that I have personally been able to get to that place of rest when it comes to the vision for Cheyenne. 
is that at, at times it, it has seemed like, uh, God, is there anybody else who even believes that you're going to do this? You know, God, the, the church doesn't look that much different. You know, the, the church in Cheyenne doesn't look, seem to look that much different than it did 15 years ago. God, are we, are we getting anywhere? <laughs> and the answer is, well, yes, we're, we're getting somewhere. And, and I think part of the, the key to living by faith and, and holding on to the prophetic vision is the seed principle. Is how how long does a seed have to lay buried in the ground before it sprouts and, and you can even see anything above the ground? And and the answer is it, it depends. It depends on the seed, it depends on the ground, it depends on a lot of things. Because I, I heard this story just just recently about the desert in California. Uh, you know they had a, a terrible drought out there. And Charlie, maybe you can confirm this from some people that you know out there. Because you used to live by the desert. Uh, and, and they had some amazing rains Toward, toward the end of, of last year. And I, I heard this story that the desert just bloomed and, and came into just amazing color and life after these huge rains that, that broke the drought. And... Uh, Scientists, botanists, agronomists, they, they have no idea how long some of those seeds had been, had been laying in the ground. But all of this just came forth suddenly. <laughs> because all the conditions were right. And, and so... That should give us faith. That, that God has been planting these seeds for what he's going to do. In, in the soil of us, his people. And, and he's been planting these seeds in all the people of Cheyenne. And, and we just ask, Lord, that you would plant seeds in the people who drive by this intersection today <laughs> in Jesus' name and prepare them for the harvest that is to come. Because <clears throat> so many times this is the way God works. Just like the rain in the desert. 
Now, before that happened, nobody probably alive had ever seen the desert like that. Nobody that they talked to could remember having seen anything like that. And who would have even believed that all of those seeds were even there until they all just exploded? And so we we need to um, have faith in the suddenlies of God. That, that he can bring something forth uh, <laughs> when the time is right that very few even think is possible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, just think about how the seed principle has progressed in the last 2,000 years. Jesus had, had his ministry in, in an area smaller than the smallest county in Wyoming. And, and he, he pretty much invested his time and, and ministry into 12 guys, and, and we know one of them turned out to be a traitor and was of no use to the cause. And, and how has, has that seed worked its way through <laughs> like leaven in the whole lump of the earth. And, and yes, that was 2,000 years worth of history, but with all the seeds that God now has planted on the earth, what kind of a suddenly could he bring forth? Much, much more than flowers in the desert. <laughs> so, living, living by faith. Um, I don't know if we can live by faith without hearing the voice of God for ourselves. And God is speaking. But God gives us a good example of how to live in that he spends a lot more time listening than he does talking with all of us. And, and when... When he speaks, he's not verbose. <laughs> he's very economical with his words. He, he can 
change things in our lives with just a few words. He, he can bring us into a new reality with, with just a couple words. At the right time, having prepared the soil of, of our hearts. So, what I would say, one of the most critical things for all of us in, in the day in which we live is, is for us to cultivate hearing God. And, and not just for ourselves. Um, and this, this is why Romans 10.17 Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Or the word of God. Different translations. So faith is initiated by hearing God. And then to walk in faith is to trust what God said as true, even when <laughs> it does not appear to be present reality. which is what he's calling us into. And Jesus in Matthew 4, 4 answered a question. It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And, and that's a picture of how Jesus lived. A number of instances in, in Luke especially, we see Jesus seeking a word from the Father rather than physical nourishment. <clears throat> because it was how he lived. He knew the necessity of it because he he never fell into wandering aimlessly casting off restraint or discouragement because he always had what I would call the prophetic revelation for the day and if he had it, it it's got to be available to us. Hmm. So, let me just read this. Revelation from the Holy Spirit helps us to recognize and value our connection to God. This helps us to be willing to sacrifice, to serve, to love, and live in obedience to God. We need the Holy Spirit to continue to bring us revelation of who God is, what He wants to do, and who we are. This helps prepare us for everything that will happen 
as we approach the day of the Lord so that Jesus will have a prepared bride. So, this, this walking by faith, it is seeing those non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So walking by faith is, is living as though God's word were true right now. And resting in the fact of its truth without presumption. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, that's the tough place, okay? Because <laughs> you, you, can, you can enter into that rest and, and say, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. And that's presumption. And, and that's not the true rest of God. Because the, the true rest of God is, is knowing that it's going to happen, but entering ever more deeply into that relationship so that the desires of God are becoming our desires and, and we are willingly entering into a partnership of, of seeing that thing happen. And, and much of the time that, that will be nothing more than prayer. And I shouldn't even put it that way. I should probably say nothing more difficult than prayer. <laughs> because prayer isn't that difficult, but it, it, is, it is entering into and remaining in that relationship with God that guarantees our fruitfulness according to Jesus. Because he, he said we, we can't even bear fruit apart from the vine. And, and this is part of the reason that, that God gives or tends to give prophetic revelation a little bit at a time. Because if we really knew the whole picture... If you're anything like me, you'd say, okay, God, I got this. <laughs> and, and we'd go off and try to make it happen. And mess everything up in, in the process. <laughs> so, so he gives us a little bit at a time, enough to keep us from casting off restraint or becoming discouraged or wandering aimlessly. Uh, but he's also always drawing us into that relationship. So that, that is the walk of faith. 
but <clears throat> we're, we really need a clock in here. <laughs> okay. Where I was going with this is First uh, Peter 2, the fact that we're called to be a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once we were not a people, but now we are God's people. Once we had not received mercy, but now we have received mercy. So if, if we're called to be priests, and we are, we are, we're called to be a nation of priests. Our nation needs priests badly. We, we need people who will go to God on behalf of the people and then go to the people on behalf of God with what God is saying. Not in seeking judgment <laughs> for them, but being able to speak out of love the love that God has for them. So we, we need to hear God for ourselves. We, we need to hear God for one another. But we also need to hear God for the people out there who, who may have no other voice in, in their life that, that could possibly speak the word of God to them than you and I. And, and the, the circles and the places where God has, has put us in, in our lives. And, and I, I would say virtually all of us would, would have a place like that. <laughs> Pardon? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just think about the Old Testament, the priests. And, and God would only have one or a handful of prophets at any one time who were hearing his voice for the nation. And if, if they missed it, if they didn't hear or they didn't deliver, then the people were without. And I mean... Just think about those 400 years before Jesus came. Were, were there guys or women uh, who God was trying to speak to? Uh, because the Bible said that there, there was no voice uh, for 400 years. Well, for our nation, it doesn't have to be that way. Although sometimes, some places, it, it can be that way. So, anyway, I, I, I want to encourage us. Our, our faith works through love. 
and and our our faith are are being able to rest in the trust of accomplishment of God doing the things that he has spoken or promised uh pulling us relationally in, in into partnership with that and bringing other people along. Loving them. And not just speaking judgment, but speaking life and truth to our culture. That's, that's what we're called to. So, you know, I, I've been talking a little bit about uh, God creating an apostolic community. And I, I've been reading and, and seeking understanding from the Lord, what, what does that look like? And an apostolic community, remember, really is, is just one that is continuing on with the apostolic gospel that was delivered to the first century church. <laughs> that, that we are a people on mission to see the kingdom of God go everywhere. And somehow in the church in America, we've, we've kind of lost that missional calling. But man, that's one of the things I love about this place is right now all we got to do is glance out the window and we see our mission. <laughs> if you go in the other room, yeah. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I want us to fix our gaze, our spiritual gaze, on where God's taking Cheyenne and where he's taking the church. And, and that will feed the seeds <laughs> that he's planted within us. And, and will give us direction day to day. So, let's pray. Ah. Father, I, I ask you to raise up a, a true apostolic community in Cheyenne. Uh, a people who know you a people who realize that the rest of our life is, is on mission for you. That we're only visiting this planet. That we're, we're in partnership with you going somewhere. 
going somewhere that that only you can take this thing. So Lord, I, I pray that you would uh, sharpen our spiritual vision and our spiritual hearing that we could hear you for others who, who don't yet have the spiritual capacities that you've given born-again people. And I, I pray, Lord, you'd give us boldness and that you would you'd fill us with your love for one another and for the people in Cheyenne who don't know you yet. Lord, prepare us for the harvest. Take all the no out of us. And, and teach us, Lord, how to rest without presumption in your faithfulness. And we give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. So just uh, <clears throat> just one more word of prophetic vision and revelation. Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And I'm just speaking this as a blessing over you. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon you. And his glory will be seen upon you, and nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. God is doing that in our generation. He is. I'm not crazy. You may not see it today, it's coming. <laughs> Just use the mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian and Sylvia aren't here today. Um, Sylvia's youngest son, Jer Jeremiah, lost... Jer Jeremy. Jeremy, sorry. Um, lost his wife unexpectedly Thursday. And so the funeral is at St. Mary's on Thursday at 2 o'clock. And Sylvia asked <clears throat> if her church family would please come. Mm -hmm. So... That was all. And I'll, I'll put that in the email okay. this week, too. Thanks. Arnie, did you want to show that video? Yep. 
And you can announce uh, sort of details and stuff. While Bev's getting that set up for us to see, uh, quick things. We're not meeting this week, okay, um, which would be tomorrow night. We're hoping we meet the 25th, although our second daughter is pregnant and should be delivering a baby within the next couple of weeks. So if it happens at the right at the wrong time for uh, the group to meet, we will let everybody know. So if you would, if you're planning to come, <coughs> excuse me, on the 25th, if you'd make sure we have your name and phone number, um, we will contact you if we do not meet on the 25th, but um, otherwise we'll plan on meeting then. You ready? Keep your love on means you're powerful. You're powerful to create connection. You're powerful over your goal of connecting with other people. So keeping your love on is a decision that you're gonna do just that. I love people. I love the way that they function. I love the way that they communicate. I love the way that they, they need each other. And I wanna help them. The most satisfying part of relationships is when people are connected, when they feel the love that they have for one another. When conflict comes up, instead of seeing each other as the enemy, we, we have an outside enemy, that our goal is not, not just to resolve the conflict, but to first find our connection. Connection is definitely the core of what I'm trying to do as a mother. I don't want to be a dictator and a ruler of the house. My children know that my heart is for them, that I love them, and that we have a connection. I have never seen anybody who is willing to change their goal from distance to connection, not end up with a connection. If I can learn how to tell you what I need while keeping anxiety low, we're gonna have a much more successful communication. If I would have had some of those tools and some of those principles back when I was working for these very large organizations, what a difference that could have made. The goal of communication in our house is understanding and connection. If you don't learn to set limits, if you don't learn to set boundaries, your life gets completely drained of all the good stuff, and so you can't bring what's really important to you to the really important relationships. Somebody responds to you in a negative fashion and you respond back to them in a positive fashion with good boundaries and good communication, and that situation's gonna turn around. I think more and more business people are tuning in to, hey, this stuff lets you maintain your integrity. I think I would have been afraid that I would have broken their spirit or crushed some of their greatest strengths without being equipped with some of these tools. We always have the choice. We always have the ability to make the decision to keep our love up. It's really speaking of who we are as people who love. This is transforming the way that you think. It's transforming the way that you you view your marriage, you view your relationship with your, your kids. I mean, really any relationship. This book will definitely give you tools to be the mom that you really dreamt you would be. Depending on what hats you have on, I think there's principles in there for all the different hats. This is for everyone who has relationships, whether it's at work, at home, with friends, 
It's literally for everyone who has relationships. I love to give people hope.